Thanks for listening to GYST. You're listening to Get Your Shit Together with Adina and Diane, a digestible health and fitness show for women. Real quick, the content of this podcast is intended for general information only and is not medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Chat with your healthcare provider before making changes. Okay? Okay, cool. I think they got it. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the GYST podcast. Yeah, on this Monday, we're last minute Linda's this week, but that's okay. (laughs) A very Monday Monday in Diane's Mm -hmm. household. Yeah, lots of tech stuff. I think that my desktop computer is on its way out, but we figured a way and so far it's working. But yeah, what a week. What a week. Would you like to share a little bit more about your week with us? Yeah, I would. And now I think, so if you follow me on Instagram, you know that we lost one of our dogs had to say goodbye to Huey. Huey, the other dog, as I've joked before, because he's a little less like in your face, loud um, camera ham, like Doug, our pug. But we had to say kind of a sudden and difficult goodbye to him last Monday and I feel like this is like the first week that I can talk about it without like all out crying. But first I want to say thank you to so many of you. Like I think I got 300 or so messages, like Instagram loses count. So many sweet messages from from you saying that like I've gone through this or just sending love. And I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. But yeah, I also appreciate our friend Kim who sent the sweetest email that resonated with me and it was talking about losing a pet and why does it hurt so much because some people if you haven't had pets maybe wondering oh it's a dog but it's truly like having a family member and to have that family member for 11 years I thought it was 12 (laughs) but we had Huey in our life for 11 years which is pretty much the entirety of my relationship with Neil shortly after he moved into this house he got Huey and then I got Doug because we were like, it's easier to have two. It's easier to have two because then they're buddies. (laughs) So he's been here for so many memories. But the email that um, our friend Kim forwarded to me, someone was talking about her dog and how, why is it so difficult when we lose a pet? And she said, when we love big, we grieve big. And for many of us, pets can feel like the first like home, like home or a healthy attachment figure, especially if you grew up with a lot of change in your childhood, or they're just so much unconditional love wrapped into a little furry body or a big furry body, depending on what kind of dog you had. So Huey was just so sweet. And we know that we gave him a good life. We knew that he had congestive heart failure um, back in April, but he was doing really well with medicine. And we went to Italy and we were really nervous about leaving him behind, but he did so well at grandma's house, my in-laws. And we had about two weeks with him after we got back and he just declined so quickly last Sunday, um, like wheezing. And so we thought, okay, maybe we need to make a call or up his medicine. But then the next morning, Monday morning at like 4.30, he woke up with Neil because Neil wakes up that early and stumbled and he was just really struggling. And we tried to call hospice and our vet, but they weren't open until eight. And I knew it would be hard. I think I was kind of naive in that I didn't really know what to expect. I imagined that losing a pet, that it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. But it was he's, it was a lot more difficult, and he was in discomfort, too, so that was really hard. But 
it meant a lot to us that we could be, be there with him and then have, um, have Doug there with him too. So he had a chance to say goodbye. So it was a really difficult Monday last week and the whole week really, but it was a lot of time and we were so grateful that we had it and it also feels like not enough at the same time, you know? Yeah. So he was our little buddy and I said that I wouldn't get that upset talking about it, but yeah, yeah. it was just a week. Oh man. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, can I start this episode talking about this? But I know if people have been connected with me for a while, you know how much I love my dogs. Um, they are a part of our family. We don't have kids, so they are just family members and they've been through ups and downs, like so many big milestones of our relationship um, through COVID too. I think a silver lining of that was spending more time with our dogs, especially if you're someone who works outside the home and you had to be home with your dogs, with your family. So he's definitely missed. And we did um, get to say goodbye to him in the backyard. And he has a, we call it the Huey tree. We put a tree out there for him. And it's been an adjustment for Doug too, who's looking for his his best bud. Yeah. So lots of healing happening over here. Man, thanks for sharing that with us. I'm sure there's someone listening who's gone through something similar or man oh man oh boy buddy i know many of our listeners and people who follow you on instagram have a little place in their hearts for huey too because they've been watching him on your stories and just seeing the puppy shenanigans in your house so yeah many of those such a sweet guy so thanks for letting me share that here i know it's it's an emotional one but i'm just hearing from so many of you who are like i've gone through that too or i know someday come like it is painful but like my dad said like the the sadness we feel when a dog passes is the price we pay for all the love the unconditional love that we receive from them like dogs are just so pure so yeah um and it really like through last last week was so hard but so many of my i heard some from so many of you and that really touched me but also had such quality time with close friends like friends that checked on me and this just oh my gosh touched my heart an hour or so after it happened one of my friends mary was like check your side door there's something over there for you and she dropped off like a huge bag of snacks and food and flowers and also snacks for doug like there was like a little doggy steak treat in there so that's just such a gift like food is such a love language especially when you don't feel like cooking or eating anything so that and quality time was super nice yeah, tell us, as we always ask on this show when something big is going on in our lives, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Yeah, so I took Monday off and honestly Tuesday and really after that was just pretty gentle with myself and I have the coolest fucking clients, like one-on-one clients and many of them are dog people. Like I let one of them know I'm not going to have your plan to you the, the day I thought that I would and she had just lost her dog and said, totally understand another client that was like, don't worry about me. We'll talk in a few days. So I really scaled back on what I was working on last week. And I'm lucky I have that space to do that. Mm-hmm. And I laid outside and read books, <laughs> cried a lot and went to therapy. So that's what I do when I grieve. Um, but it has been really nice here. And so I found the perfect spot for topless tanning. <laughs> not tanning. I'm not going to burn myself. Responsible sunning, as we say here because no one wants to burn their nips, like, ow. Owie. But the perfect spot. 
and cozied up with a couple of books and just like actually took friends up on talking when I wanted to talk or just hanging out and maybe like getting our minds off of it with something else like food or watching something you know okay good yeah thanks and thank you for checking on me just like with the how are you doing because I feel like I I'll just disappear sometimes if I'm really mm-hmm. sad so I really appreciate you too just rope you back in <laughs> yeah um we've definitely been watching some great stuff over here though so as far as what we're consuming first up this one is graphic so disclaimer it's called the idol and it's from euphoria creator sam levinson so that style lots of uh, zooms and real tight shots and lots of graphic scenes so you've been warned but what kind of graphic diane sexual oh sexual (laughs) lots of sexual content and the first episode my mouth was just kind of hanging open for a number of reasons so basically it's called the idol and lily rose depp johnny depp's daughter is the main character and you're following her where she's kind of feeling stagnant in her career and you're seeing her whole entourage around her i think um what's his name david from schitt's creek he's in it Mm -hmm. um david is it dan levy is that his name yeah there are a few other familiar faces. Wait, is, this, oh. is it Dan? Is it Dan? I know Eugene, his dad. Yeah, maybe it's Dan. Yeah, it's Dan. Okay, so he's in right. it. So you're seeing, you're meeting her entourage Wait, in the first. Pause couple. for one second. Now that yeah, we yeah. have video, I feel like I don't have to cut out like sips and typing because like now they yeah, can see, see it, it happening. <laughs> the noises will make sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one for video. If I had like a complete Huey meltdown on this one, but. It's okay. You did great. Did. Um, so in the first episode of The Idol, you're meeting her and her on, her entourage. And I think this is going to be just a look at how draining fame is and how mm. isolating it is and how everyone around you may be ma- manipulating you. There's also this theory that maybe it was based on Selena Gomez and or Britney. Mm-hmm. There have been some developments there if you're fo- following any of that, but... It's uh, it's interesting. Makes you a little itchy. Oof. So, to be continued. That one was interesting. We've also been watching um, Jewish Matchmaker on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> because my mother in law. I, I just like my like lighthearted dating shows or cooking shows, and it's cute. It's really cute, and I'm learning a lot. There's things that I've learned through you, but I want there are a couple storylines or couples I'm invested in. Okay, I need to watch it so we can chat i guess yeah and there are peaks at tel aviv in there Mm -hmm. yeah there's one girl from tel aviv on the show that a lot of people around here know Mm -hmm. um well ours has been pretty boring i have been very deep in product creation mode which i briefly mentioned last week but my new membership i am obsessed with it and what's it called it's called the sthh club or the club the club and everything about it is so freaking cute i can't even stand it and the onboarding experience is just so good like i have no stone was left unturned like i kept sending links to veronica my assistant coach and being like use an incognito browser browser and go through this part just to clarify that all the links are working and everything so it's really thorough it is such a great space 
for me to truly show the love and support to my clients that I've been desperate to show to them. It's just like a much better vehicle for that. But it looks refreshing. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited about it. But because I've been doing a lot of that development behind the scenes, my eyeballs are like falling out of my head. And we didn't have much time or space for the telly. But we did watch a cute fave, as always. Never Have I Ever is back. Season three, right? Is this three Three? or four? Four. I think it's four. Because she's a senior now. Was she a freshman in the first one? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think this is the fourth and final season. Is that correct? I think so. Anyways, cute as always. I think mm, the beginning of the season was a little bit slower than previous seasons, but the last few episodes that we watched were a lot of fun. So, you know, short episodes, always a good time. Cute characters. It's fun. It's in my queue for my cute need, Um, my cute watch. I think that I did watch the last season, but sometimes too much time has passed. Yeah, but I need to reacquaint myself, you know? Also, with um, did you watch Righteous Gemstones with Danny McBride Mm-mm. and Adam Devine? Oh, I did And not. John Goodman? Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. That's also back now, but I turned on Neil last night and I was like, I think we're going to have to like maybe watch the last couple episodes of the last season. Yeah, just I'm to lost. Like, get a little refresher. Uh-huh. We'll see. What have um, you been doing on the food front? Honestly... Not much. Just take really, out. <laughs> grief took my appetite. Aww. I really just didn't feel like. I mean, I'm snacking, and then I was setting some reminders to eat, but like my, I usually wake up ravenous and was just not hungry. Um, take out. I had sushi last week that was phenomenal with a friend, but this is more on the dessert side. I haven't made ice cream. I will this week. So instead, I picked up Jenny's ice cream. Mm. Are you familiar? They had that in New York when you were there, right? I know the brand, yeah. You're familiar? Yeah, they are, as far as like prepackaged ice cream goes, I think they're the best. And we got a couple of flavors this past week. I think I had one that had like pretzels and peanut butter and chocolate. And it was just what I needed after last week. And ice cream is always just what you need. (laughs) Yeah. So I was really liking that a lot. And Yummy. we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, I have been really enjoying spring veggies. And Even though it's full summer there. I know, like just in time for summer. Um, I, the kohlrabi here has been so good. And I've been making this like chop salad with cucumbers, kohlrabi, and radishes. That and is it a vegetable is... I never think of. Kohlrabi? Yeah, isn't it? Oh like, my God. The big... mm-hmm. It looks like an alien. Like it mm-hmm. has like... It's like green blob and it has like little spooky things sticking out of it. Yes. Um, it is so good. It's like crunchy, refreshing. It's got like a nice little flavor to it. So I've been doing a chopped salad with kohlrabi, cucumbers, and radishes. And I cut and them all into these like perfect cubes. And they're so crunchy and delicious. Mm. And I've been loving that. And I've been And you're starting an ASMR channel. Mm-hmm. I've been pickling <laughs> a lot too. So... You know the Grillo's? Do you get Grillo's pickles by you or that's an East Coast? Okay. Yes. You introduced me to those. It's the Mm -hmm. kind that when you open it, just the juice goes everywhere. Yes. You know the spicy dill from Grillo's? Mm -hmm. So that's my favorite and I've been trying to recreate it and I think I finally got really close. So I take nice like Kirby cucumbers, crunchy. I cut them into spears. So like quarter them basically um, in spears lengthwise. 
and then I put in the brine so it was just like a white vinegar I did tons of dill tons of garlic cloves and these like red hot peppers that we get here I don't know what kind of pepper they are they're just like a spicy red pepper and some sugar in the brine too and they are yummy (laughs) I love pickles I'm gonna have to get in on some of that especially with full grill season yeah yum okay well appetite coming back okay good I just need some things to inspire me yeah (laughs) scroll through my Pinterest feed all right should we uh should we get right into the meat of this one yeah yeah what are we talking about today okay so why are we doing this episode should we explain the title first because i imagine that may have gotten some downloads Uh uh-huh yeah we were joking about how we love putting the word fat into the title because you little shitheads download those like crazy (laughs) like exponentially so we'll look at um i mean we'll link them in the show notes too but adina got fat and here's what happened yes what happened the nosy Um, nellies we're out for that one yeah the nosy nellies or what did you call them the yentas the yentas the yentas gotta know (laughs) <laughs> yep, that one, the Ozempic episode, anything that has to do with sustainable fat loss in the title. Yeah, oh my god, the sustainable fat loss episode I think is at over 2,000 downloads. That's like our highest downloaded episode. Damn, yeah, yeah. but if you if you fuck with us here for a little while, you know <laughs> you know what we're about. And we're in the raw not today. Going... Yeah, we are. I mean, <sighs> anyway, we um, we chose this for a reason. We know that these are hot topics, but mm-hmm. we don't have the typical take that you'd expect when you use use a title like that. Yes. So what are we covering today? I think if, again, as Diane mentioned, if you've been here for a while, if you've listened to any of our fat loss episodes, you know it's not going to be what everyone wants it to be. But it is important to discuss nonetheless. I think what's happened in our society forever is that people are obsessed with thinness. See our Ozempic episode if you haven't done that yet. But even when we pretend we're not obsessed with thinness, we still kind of are, you know. And I talked a lot in our Adina Got Fat and Here's What Happened episode about how I intentionally gained some weight and focused on certain foods without counting macros or trying to not gain weight to kind of bolster myself for a very stressful season and for preconception. And go back and listen to that episode if you haven't done it yet, because there's a lot of important conversations there. Did I have to gain weight? Not really, maybe a little bit, but... Would it have been far more stressful for me to be tracking macros and trying to get the nutrition I was trying to get without gaining weight? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like I was not in a season where I was prepared to do that. I didn't want to and I didn't need to. And I did that with the full knowledge that at a point I would probably have some excess fat that wasn't serving my health and I was kind of going to watch and see how that went And in the end, which we're going to break down in this episode, it did not become a problem and I did not have to be intentional, extra intentional, I should say, um, in a way that was difficult or uncomfortable for me to 
lose any of that fat. And again, I think, as we mentioned, people are very obsessed with thinness. So like there's been this weird shift in my comments, my DMs, my Instagram. Now that I am back in a body that is more society acceptable, I guess is how I would word it for the sake Mm -hmm. of this conversation. Um, So that's been interesting. And then on the other side of things, there's just two, this might trigger some people, this might be upsetting, but I think that there's way too much conversation right now around people who are ignoring health for the sake of not being fat phobic. Mm-hmm. And excess body fat, excess adipose tissue, again, if the word fat is triggering for you in some way, is not always healthy. There are certain poor health outcomes that are largely linked with obesity and other conditions of excess fat tissue and excess adipose tissue. Right, the pendulum seems to swing from we're dieting, we're eating less, we're trying to be as small as possible to well, if I were to think about nutritionally dense food, of fueling my body and nourishing it through food and movement, well, that means I'm fat phobic mm-hmm. or ableist or that I must hate myself. And it doesn't seem like there's much room for somewhere in between. Like, I would like, I do have physique goals, but first and foremost, I want to physically feel well. And yeah. that certainly is the take that the approach that we take with clients. If you've listened to any of the episodes we just rattled off earlier that we linked in the show notes, you'll know that if you were someone who came to us and was like, first, foremost, I want to lose 20 pounds, we'd say, we don't care. We want you to feel good and Mm -hmm. we have to prioritize foundations first. So that's always going to be the approach that we take. And we also are noticing something in the holistic space where maybe... I don't know, five, 10 years ago, the trend was paleo and then it was getting rid of all sugar and then it was carnivore. That's still kind of having a moment in some areas. And now everyone's like, oh, milk, orange juice, great for you. Yes, on paper. Ice cream. (laughs) Ice cream, yeah. Ice cream as a, a night snack. We've talked about that here sometimes too, but there's nuance to that conversation too. And I can't, I told Adina before we recorded, I've had five in the last month or two, people say, I started eating that way. I heard orange juice, dairy, ice cream, good for you. Yes, but incorporated it pretty quickly and gained like 30 to 60 pounds over the course of a year. Someone said they gained 60 pounds in a year after following that advice in the holistic space. And that's not great either. Yeah. So we're not just going to talk about Adina's postpartum experience, but also if you're someone who... Um, is thinking about this topic of fat, how, what's a healthy way to find your body's happy way to find its set point, what's serving you and what should you do without, right? Yeah, and like we mentioned on our Adina Got Fat and Here's What Happened episode, sometimes gaining weight for healing is important, right? But gaining like 90 pounds from just purely not understanding what your food is made up of and going like balls to the wall on advice that you hear on Instagram is not going to serve you. And 
we've talked about how like increasing calories is really important. If your metabolism is suppressed, increasing calories is important. But if you increase calories to a point that your body can't digest and absorb that food and we're just storing it all as fat, that is not achieving optimal health. Yes, like sometimes gaining some weight, some fat is important for the sake of healing and in the healing process. But to what end, you know, like at what point do we just completely have zero awareness of what is on our plate, how we are balancing macronutrients, if our body is capable of digesting, absorbing, metabolizing those. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that you have to track or weigh or count calories meticulously either, not at all. Um, maybe for some people, they do feel well with that, but I know that people have a long history of dieting um, might not be the space for them just yet, or even the approach that they need to take to get the results that they want in the future. Yeah, totally. And again, like sometimes people are truly underweight and undernourished and calories will make a very big difference. But remember that those calories need to come with nutrients, both macronutrient and micronutrient. So we're talking about ice cream. Some people hear this advice and they say, oh, ice cream, and especially a recipe like the one Diane and Adina use, it has so many egg yolks in it. Like, this is a meal. This is not a meal. Ice cream is primarily fat. And yes, it has carbs, and yes, it has a little protein. But if you're not, if you're like foregoing the steak for the ice cream, your body is not going to be getting what it needs. Yeah, and I I see protein so under-consumed in so many client journals, regardless of what they're goals might be it's very common in food journals of the women that i work with Mm -hmm. and again something a simple shift like that understanding like we joke about it we always call our ice cream recipe a sweet omelet but (laughs) an omelet also has the egg whites which is mostly protein and the ice cream is mostly egg yolks which is mostly fat i think people miss that you know plus cream yeah lots of fat which by the way have you seen the ninja creamy oh yeah that is sweeping the internets yeah the protein ice cream i'm curious what it tastes like but i remember the craze was arctic zero and it was just Mm -hmm. really thin yeah no don't sign me up for that (laughs) but yeah i can't say that i'm on board the ninja creamy especially loving the real thing like i'd rather have my protein elsewhere i guess um and also I'm wondering how how is everyone doing who has lactose intolerance right now who is trying to really make this dessert slash protein ninja creamy work for them? <laughs> like, don't double down if you haven't fixed your gut to do dairy by yeah. just pounding down the ninja creamy recipes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I think that what I want people to hear in this episode is like, you don't have to track, you know, we, we always say that, but I do think that an awareness of especially the macronutrients in your food is extremely important. Like if you've never, ever gained any awareness around this, you need to learn how much protein you're eating. You need to learn to eat more of it probably. And fat is wonderful. It's essential for building our hormones. Many of us underconsumed it for years, but you do need to learn how much of it you're eating and if you are exceeding your body's ability to digest and metabolize that. Mm -hmm. Ice cream is wonderful. 
Ice cream is delicious. We love it. It makes us happy. It supports our hormones. But if you can digest and absorb it. Yes, that too. (laughs) But if your day is already filled with more fat than you can tolerate, than you can digest, and not enough protein to build muscle, to do the stuff, to heat up that metabolism, it's not going to serve you. And on the digestion front, we did talk about this quite a bit in our Poo's Clues episode, I think. So Mm -hmm. go back and listen to that if you're wondering how to know if you're digesting your fat or not. Um, That was a fun one. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that one also has a lot of downloads. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poo's Clues. Yeah. So another thing that I think about when this conversation comes up is that everyone needs to learn to train harder. (laughs) But wait, I feel like in past episodes, we talk about not going so intensely. So is are you trolling us? Is the are you telling us to train more train harder? Like, what do you mean? I mean, intensity in your sets. And we have talked about this before. I think I mean, more consistency, which we definitely talked about on our recent cycle syncing episode. Because what I see happening so much, especially in the holistic space, is just people not training consistently enough. People varying their workouts too much throughout the month and not logging just session after session of doing the same thing over and over again and increasing the intensity. You need to work really hard during your sets. You need to rest and recover properly but you need to be lifting heavy. You need to be moving fast. You need to be training hard. You're not going to build muscle if you are just like slowly going through the motions using the same kettlebell workout after workout after workout, not increasing speed, not increasing intensity, not going up a bell size ever. Like we need progress. We need to be training hard. Right. It should stretch you a little bit, that Goldilocks Mm -hmm. amount of stress. So. Yeah, I think we said everyone needs to learn to train harder and more specifically strength training. So don't hear you need to log more miles because we also have done episodes about why, especially for women seeking to improve their metabolism, their cycle, we don't want you to be going hard on the HIIT, the cardio. No, ma'am. Yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned logging those miles because another thing I see a lot is you do also need to be moving outside of your training days, right? I think that something that a lot of us fall into is like, maybe we are a person who strength trains two days a week and then we just don't move or do nothing outside of that. <laughs> yeah, I've been guilty of this too. And it's not yeah. nothing because my dog's dog gets has been getting two walks a day because... I think we both have needed that time away from the house too yeah. this past week. But I have caught myself in the past, especially when we are shut in our homes, that I would train a couple of days a week and then the next day be like, oh, I did my time and just kind of feel like a potato at my desk mm-hmm. and then feel creaky. So getting outside has many other benefits we know too, right? But got to yeah. get moving. And Walking. in sunshine. Sunshine climbing the stairs, like just use your body for what it was designed to be used. We talked a little bit about this on our recent episode about 
beating the burnout and getting out of your routine a little bit, but don't just view it as your training days and then no other movement. Like find ways that you enjoy to move your body. Maybe it's a dance class you like taking. Maybe it's a hike you like going on. Maybe it's playing a sport, joining some sort of recreational league, but or it might be things you don't like. I just thought of one, Adina, that I can't believe I didn't text you about this weekend. So it's things like cleaning the house, gardening, things where you are squatting yeah. down, carrying things around. Maybe you're cleaning out that basement finally. So this weekend, Neil was working on Saturday, and I really wanted to use one of the sun chairs that we stored in the basement. But the only way to get it out was to carry it through the basement and up our narrow basement stairs to the driveway, to the backyard. So I didn't want to disassemble it. And it's this awkward shape, but I carried it up. So I was doing a carry, offloaded carry, I think. And then I had to deadlift it up at one point. And then I had to tip it onto its side, but I was walking up the stairs. And so I was doing a press overhead <laughs> to get it up onto its side, had to maneuver it around some awkward angles. But as soon as I got it outside, I was like, yes, I did it. I did. Because it was such an awkward shape and awkward carry. And I was by myself at home in this narrow basement stairwell. So it could have gone awry. But that was my, I was like, that was my workout. I mean, we were straining a little bit there. And also straining, just working hard. I love that you brought that up because I know I've talked about this before on the show and you know I love to say this, but that's such a good example of how life is dangerous and the gym is safe and we need to use our time in the gym when the load is predictable to get better at the patterns and to get stronger so that when the load is a weird chair that you have to get out of the basement, <laughs> right? you have the skills and you're not going to just ruin it all. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So when you're, if you're ever doing a strength training program and feeling like, oh, we're doing the same patterns, this is why. So you can get consistent and better so that your life is easier. Yes. Amen to that. Um, Uh Also, I just wanted to say this because I feel like if you are a brand new listener of the show and you are like deep in your healing journey, Jersey, 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 if you're deep in your healing journey, you may be hearing this advice and think like, it sounds so misaligned and it's not appropriate for the season you're in. And like you need restorative movement. Yeah. Perhaps? That might be wrong because there's ways to be mindful of the food that you're eating. There's ways to increase the intensity in your training. There's ways to increase your overall movement that are appropriate, no matter what stage of healing that you are in. So if you are listening to this episode and it sounds like it's a little bit more advanced or it's it's more um it's down the road from where you are right now rethink that because this can all be scaled up or down to be approachable and our approach here on the show is that there's no time in our life when we should discount ourselves from moving getting strong using our body to enjoy our life enjoying our food but with a subtle awareness around how to build our plates and how to balance our macronutrients so that we can best digest and absorb our foods. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear often, we've talked about this on other episodes where people are told that they need to choose restorative movement. And so they think that they should count themselves out of any sort of strength, definitely touching any kettlebell because that's not 
what they thought was restorative. But how many of you also need to carry groceries to carry a kid or a dog or a sunchair upstairs and you want to do that without throwing your back out or being one of those people who's like, oh, I'm over 30, so this is just what it's like. So we can adjust things. And I know someone who can help you adjust and progress in a way that makes sense for where you are right now. Absolutely. That's me. And the thing is that someone out there may have told you that strength training or training with intensity or even some of these movements playing, you know, moving around is stressful when you are in a healing season. But you know what's really fucking stressful on the body is being weak and everything hurting. <laughs> or back pain. Um, I was just watching, someone had a reel and they were talking about a criticism of kettlebells being that, well, swings hurt your back. And when you kettle- do them wrong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember something that we said on season one or two. I know I've heard you say this. It's like, yeah, every exercise is a low back exercise if you do it wrong enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. Yeah. You're like, you know what really suck is feeling weak all the time. I've definitely noticed just feeling different in my body from taking up strength training consistently. And I know that we could talk about all of its benefits all day, but if we're talking about it as a piece of someone's program or long-term plan to find where their body wants to be, its size, what are some ways that we can think about making goals for that plan, for that, for reaching that destination? So yeah, yeah, you have a way of doing this, right? And it's got a lot to do with your mindset more than the actual plan itself, right? Yeah. And I think that this is where people get tripped up when they're like, okay, I want to lose some fat or she lost some fat. How'd she do it? And we focus so much on this aesthetic goal and it's the end result and it's not going to get you to where you want to go. The most important thing that we can do for ourselves is process goals and thinking about setting goals that revolve around how often you're going to show up for yourself and what you're working towards, what that process looks like. So if you've seen on my Instagram, you know I hop on my stories on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I share that I am a person who trains on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I just wake up every morning and I think of myself as that person and I show up as her. And you know what happens? I end up training on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, week after week. I show up for myself and I train week after week, even when I don't want to. I'm like, oh, I'm a person who trains on Sunday and it's Sunday. And yes, it does help that I have a public facing platform where I am a role model for for these things. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to be that role model in your life, maybe you have a daughter and you want her to see you committing to your strength and committing to taking care of your body so that you can be there for her for as long as you would like to then be that person. Wake up and say, I'm a person who trains Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday or whatever days work for you. And just do it. Just show up and train those days. So you're reverse engineering it in a way. You're like, okay, I'm the person who has the physique or the health that I have in mind. How did they get there? They probably showed up those three days a week and you don't have to wait until you are that person because it's there. You're just acting as if now. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Yeah. Wouldn't be me though. I'm a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday gal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that I've seen this for the decade that I've been in the fitness industry is you need a why you need a big old why outside of weight loss for this to work and stick. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the postpartum season, I can speak from my experience (laughs) throughout my early postpartum, I didn't feel so at home in my body. I talked a lot about this. My clothes did not fit. And that's just an annoying thing that you have to face every day. It's like, ugh, I'm so I'm too lazy to buy new clothes. And like, I don't want to spend that kind of money when I have perfectly wonderful clothes that I love that just don't happen to fit me right now. Mm-hmm. But I didn't wake up every day and think, what can I do to lose some weight? No, that would be a waste of my time and energy. I would think to myself, I love training and it makes me feel more like myself. It makes me feel capable of doing my life with more ease, with less pain, with less exhaustion. It makes me feel capable of carrying my kid around all day. It makes me feel capable of even when I didn't get a lot of sleep and I was up with a newborn, my kids could come home from school and I would still be available to play with them and to walk with them on the beach and to wear my baby in the carrier. And I had access to being better at the demands of my life. And those are the things that I am working towards. And, and that so, was your why. Was mm-hmm. And that's really on. big. That's a lot bigger than, <laughs> I really want to lose a few pounds. You know? Right. Because I think approached that way, which so many people have done historically, it's just the way that we were maybe raised to think about fitness is a means to get smaller. Right? People think all right, I want to lose this weight. And as soon as they feel like they don't have that anymore or then they abandon the habit, which was healthy and gave you all those other, gives you all those other amazing benefits. But connecting to a why or some other purpose or goal of wanting to have more energy to play with kids, to feel strong, to feel capable will take you so much further. And I imagine have other positive trickle in other parts of your life too. Yeah, totally. Another big thing that I do is I set goals of PRs that I want to hit or things that I want to accomplish in my training. For example, when I am newly postpartum, I think to myself, I want to be able to do a pull-up again. I want to be able to do push-ups again. I want to be able to press the 24 kg again. And those things for me are short short are short term goals um and then the bigger long term goals from that are like i would like to become an iron maiden which is a kettlebell competition basically where you press the 24 kg you do a pistol squat with the 24 kg pounds is that? uh like 53 pounds okay and <laughs> i could google it but i was like Maybe I'm right here. I can tell you. Um, you can do, and you have to do a pull up with the 24 kg as well, like mm. strapped around you. Uh huh. And so okay. that goal is very far off for me right now. And for some of you who have never really committed to your strength training, it might seem crazy to have a goal that's like two years away from where you are right now. But what it takes to get to that goal that's two years away is showing up 
every Sunday and every Tuesday and every Thursday, week after week, and doing pull-ups with assistance when you are early postpartum and you are heavier than you usually are and you are weaker than you usually are, which is a really tough spot to be in when you're trying to do a Mm pull-up. And then... Don't measure your progress by what you did before you were pregnant. Like, it's okay to take that time. Yeah. And then week after week, you have to build the foundational skills that get you back to the pull-up. And then week after week, you have to keep doing pull-ups and add a little bit of load and a little bit of load until you're doing a pull-up with 53 pounds, which again, that goal could be three years down the line for me. But if it's something you want really bad, you take the process steps week after week, which again is just showing up. Showing up consistently week after week will get you anywhere you want to go. You just need to commit to the process. If it's only about an aesthetic product at the end result of it, it is not going to stick. Yeah. It's not going to change your life. Almost never does it stick. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's great advice for someone who is postpartum trying to get back into it. Or if you're just starting out and maybe you feel intimidated or like things are so far off, like doing a full pull-up is so far off. I remember that was one of my progress goals when I was working with a trainer a couple of years ago. So I wanted to be able to do my first pull-up. I know you and I, when we were working on one-on-one, we didn't even start with pull-ups yet. We started with all these other shoulder things to, for me to be able to get close to that, progress to the bands, and then later doing one, doing a few. So it takes time, but definitely will take time for you to show up consistently or call for you to show up consistently yeah and what's really cool that happens along the way is maybe you are looking at a body that you're currently living in and you don't feel so comfortable in that body maybe your clothes don't fit maybe it's that early postpartum season where you just feel like that sack of potatoes and nothing seems to be communicating with each other inside your body and the stuff that used to work just doesn't work And you're starting to work towards becoming consistent and working towards those goals. And you're showing up for yourself and you're getting stronger slowly week after week. And because you're getting stronger, you're building some muscle. And then suddenly one day you wake up and your size might not be that different. But all of a sudden you start to feel really confident in your body because you feel really confident with the skills you've unlocked and the way that you move. And so throughout my journey, when I was starting from early postpartum, spending two weeks in bed and feeling like the stuff that I wanted to work, that I wanted to stabilize my body just wasn't quite there yet, to now where I'm at, where more of my clothes are fitting and my training has gotten really consistent and I've started to be able to push some more intensity. This isn't the point where I was like, I'm here. I finally feel good about myself. Like even three months postpartum when I was still living in a much larger body, but I felt confident. I felt comfortable. I felt more at home because I was starting to regain access to my strength and my function and my capability and everything was getting easier and I was getting stronger and stuff started to hurt less. So that is the moment where it starts to feel like, ooh, this training is working. It's not like, oh, I unlocked a certain size clothing and now I'm happy about myself. It's like (laughs) when I start to feel like I can live my life and I can do the stuff I wanna do and it's easier 
and it's fun that's the moment (laughs) that's the moment how many times did you weigh yourself never Never. not once yeah because you don't need to don't need to now i want to ask a question that i imagine may come up especially if someone is kind of new to the show they're listening to us so far wondering okay is there another way that i can get to a place my goal size i don't I hate saying that to feeling at home my body to changing my body in some way physically without strength training because i just oh, i really don't want to get started yes yeah, what would so you say to them i would say no <laughs> Because I think everyone needs to strength train. And that's the most important thing for longevity and being really comfortable and good at your life. (laughs) We're going for thriving, not just surviving, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this on previous episodes of how the fitness culture and the diet culture just kind of like separate training and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. need to do both to have longevity and health span and for everything to be working the best that it can. Completely. And we've said this before on many episodes, but strength training, building muscle is the best thing that you can do for improving insulin sensitivity. So if you're mm-hmm. dealing with prediabetes, PCOS, you're exhausted often. If your metabolism is slow and sluggish, not what it used to be, strength training, strength training, yeah. strength training, build muscle it is the best movement that you could be doing and it can be restorative so if you're also someone who is maybe in the postpartum season you're going to be there soon or you simply just know that you want to take care of your health and are not sure where to start but you're feeling resistance to getting started mm-hmm. know that it doesn't have to be what you might have historically thought of as strength training definitely yeah. doesn't have to like i remember being nervous going into a gym because one i thought what are people going to think it's a lot of men in the gym Okay, and to that, I, if that's you, I say they don't care. If they do, they're stupid. <laughs> and they really, most people are just looking at what they're doing. Or two, you can also be barefoot and from the comfort of home with a couple of pieces of equipment for convenience sake, which is great. You can work out with your dogs, your dog next to you. Um, that's another great option too. So it can be a lot more approachable than you think. Yeah, if this is news to you, I would definitely recommend getting your cutie booty inside Strength Training for Happy Hormones because I will show you exactly how it is done. And you will feel like, oh my God, I did not know that I could be a person who trains on Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday and my life is so much better. And it doesn't take three hours. <laughs> yeah, I think that like we're really in an epidemic of people without muscles. And conveniently enough, or interestingly enough, We're also in an epidemic of blood sugar issues and Mm -hmm. insulin resistance. So many of the diseases that are common right now start with insulin resistance. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's been part of your life, your experience, please, please start strength training. Don't think that it's a something to do when you feel strong enough or when you have lost weight and then you can start like this is something that we should all be doing just like flossing and brushing our teeth like i don't <laughs> love doing that i i do like strength training though but <laughs> and when too. you get a really good like tooth like floss like a really good molar and you get it all out that feels good 
Do you floss before you brush or you brush before you floss? Always floss before you brush. Do you put dirty clothes on after you get out of the shower? Interesting. You know? you, you floss after you brush? I had been doing that my entire life, yes. Oh no. Oh, cuz you get food pieces out and then you then mm-hmm. you brush. I understand that mm. now. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like now you got to go moment. floss, brush, floss. Just in case something got mm-hmm. swished around. Well, I my, don't know. my dentist would have me believe that um, my teeth will fall out unless I buy the water pick that they sell in their office. Yes, yes. I've heard that one as well. But so far I've been great. Welcome to our dental hygiene podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some feels Look about at these that. pearly whites. <laughs> yes. So should we cover, I guess I'm surprised we made it this far without talking about food. All right, well, let's get back to, let's pause our dental hygiene podcast and (laughs) talk about nutrition. Um, Here's a big missing piece for a lot of people. And we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. We got to drive it home. Mm -hmm. Animal protein. Animal protein. Enough animal protein. Your tofu and your pea protein powders could never, never. Even even your collagen protein powder could never. And even your one to two eggs for breakfast could never Mm -hmm. that is not nearly enough protein for a growing gal and if you are wondering why you are not building muscle why you are not shifting your physique and burning fat in the way that you want to and we're not talking about chasing some ridiculous societal standard we're talking about not gaining 90 pounds from shifting the way that you eat slightly so if you want a metabolism that shows up for you and digests your food and puts it to good use and turns it into energy as Andy Dwyer taught us and builds you the muscles, you need to be eating way more animal protein than you think. And I think that again, what happens when a lot of people shift into the holistic health space, they start adding collagen to their food, which is wonderful. We love collagen powder. It has, it's a convenience thing. It has great benefits outside of just being a protein, but it's not a complete protein source. And if you are having, if you're counting two of your protein meals for the day, you think you're getting like 60 grams of protein from scoops of collagen powder, that's not it. That's not building muscle the way that we wanted to. And powders, whether it's protein or I don't know, pre-workout or workout recovery powders, those are really popular once people get into fitness and maybe they've tried other programs in the past where it was, here's this prescriptive program with cardio and boot camps and also dieting. And so they might also sell that shake to you or something. (laughs) It's not it. Um, At the same time, I do want to mention if you are thinking, all right, well, I got to increase protein, but it's really not sitting well. Yes. You're also feeling bloated. Maybe you also have used historically some of these protein powders that are plant-based because you can't do dairy, but you're so bloated. That is something that we can't ignore. So I'll have clients who've, potential clients who've come to me where they're like, I I have this physique goal. I want to lose this weight. And I also am seeing in their intake bloated, constipated, lots of gas, food sensitivities. So if you have all that mess going on in your tummy and your GI tract, and you're trying to increase your protein, you're not going to be able to digest and absorb it well. I mean, we love red meat, but that is going to be one of the more dense proteins for you to digest. So we want to make sure you have the equipment in order to do that. That's why I always start with gut health with clients. But 
um yeah definitely don't lean into powders too hard we love to do real food wherever we can um and also in the holistic space too people get into that space they hear about collagen but they might also think that they need to rein in lower their meat their animal protein intake um and that's not something that we co-sign we're not plant-based over here (laughs) not the case yeah and so yes eat more animal protein. Uh, something that came up a lot in a question box recently when I was asking for some feedback on this stuff is like Diane mentioned, like, oh, I hear what you're saying, but I eat one egg, I eat two eggs, and I feel so full. Or I'm like, not hungry how, for breakfast, so what I What am I it. supposed to do? Yeah. And so, again, this is suppressed metabolism, suppressed digestive function, we can work on all of that stuff. One of the things you can do is build muscle inside strength training for happy hormones. Another thing that you can do is get your digestive function up, get your metabolism up inside of root cause reset. These are things that we can work on. You do not have to live a life where you eat two eggs and you know you should be eating more because you know you need more protein but your tum tum hurts and you can't even stomach the idea of another one yeah don't choke it down and then have like egg farts you know no. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's work on that like don't power through the bubble guts and the farts and the protein powder farts yeah so i'm glad you mentioned that because a protein supplement the right protein supplement, like a whey, a, you know, grass-fed whey protein powder with no other ingredients can be a really good option for getting your protein up. If you're already, you know, eating a few eggs for breakfast, you're eating some fish for lunch, some steak for dinner, and you just can't seem to get more protein in throughout the day, especially in the postpartum season, yeah. especially in the prenatal season, like a quality protein supplement can be a really good option for those of us who are struggling with that. I've recently started doing like a chocolate milk with whey protein in it again because... Yeah, if you can do dairy, I have some folks who just can't, they can't do the whey. Yeah. Or um, they have it in their food journal and I'm like, I noticed that you're going through it after you have that whey and they're like, no, I don't know if it's the protein powder. I'm like, oh, it's right after. Like, no. There are some other options or we'll work our way back to that way. <laughs> did you, did I send you that Nate Bargatze thing about the pancakes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, I'm so tired. It's like, couldn't it be, could it be because you had a loaf of bread with syrup? Yeah. And my wife's like, is it maybe that loaf of bread and syrup you just ate? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nope. never that. <laughs> Never that. Yes. Protein powders can be great, but if all of your meals are protein powders, let's reevaluate if that's no. working for you. Protein powders, bars, protein ice creams. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, make sure you're eating carbs. Make sure yes. that you're eating carbs. I know that can feel counterintuitive, right? To think, okay, well, if I, especially if I have a physique goal, I eventually would like to lose some fat. Why would I be increasing all this food? Well, you want to go slowly. We just don't want to, we don't want to start going hard after like, like tripling our protein intake, perhaps if you've been eating one egg a day, but you got to start slowly increasing that to fuel the engine. Yeah. You got to do it slow. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you need to reverse diet up and 
count your macros and your calories the whole way through. Just focus on actually increasing your protein. Make sure you are not wildly over-consuming fat. Eat a lot of carbs to give you energy for your training. And show up. Train consistently, week after week. Work really hard in your work sets. Rest and recover long enough. And that's the magic formula. That's the secret recipe. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Laying it all out for you. So keep showing up. Um, And if someone wanted some help, they wanted programming that's going to serve their goals and their overall health for the long haul, where would they start? So if you have never done this before, you would start with strength training for happy hormones. If you have already gone through strength training for happy hormones and you're like, Uh, I really need to be consistent. I need to push myself with the intensity. I need to level up my training. Then the STHH club is right for you. Our monthly membership. It is such a freaking party. I can't wait to welcome you in there. And depending on what membership tier you choose, there are a lot. Mm, There are tiers. There are tiers. Not tiers like you're going to be crying and training. There are. There are different options. There are different options. So if the STHH membership has never fit in your budget, now there are more options. So it might be appropriate for you. Um, The first tier is the basic B tier. And that is a $49 a month membership that is just programming and access to a chat. And then we have the So Extra tier. And this one... Is $79 a month and it comes with everything in basic B plus monthly live workouts. So that's super fun. And then the highest tier is the most and it's $99 a month and you get everything in the first two tiers, but you get extra advanced skill clinics throughout the month. So we work on the kettlebell skills that we're working on. And you get weekly form review. So myself or my assistant coach, Veronica, will be hopping in there to review your form every week. And man. The most. It's a party. (laughs) I love these names. I love it. So another favorite club after Costco Club. Yes. You can get the Kirkland brand (laughs) and then you can hop right into the STHH Club in your cutie Kirkland sweatsuit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that some of your, your alumni, some of your members have Kirkland merch. The Kirkland brand. Yes. (laughs) Well, I'm sure all the details will be in the show notes as well as other related episodes. If this was your first listen, you clicked on the clickbait. um, And (laughs) we we told you what we're really about. (laughs) Yeah. So don't don't, um, come fiery into our DMs. We want for you to physically feel good first and foremost, to stay hydrated, to unclench your butthole always. (laughs) Always. Lead with that. But yeah, I just want to say a couple of things here too. Like, I think if this conversation was new to you, a place that I would really recommend going is go to my Instagram and watch my postpartum highlight because I got a lot of feedback about how real the what it takes is that I shared on my Mm. stories and I just shared the other day that you know my pull-up progress and I said if you've been here since my son was born you've watched me for eight months 
do this exact lift on my stories week after week. And the progress may not seem like so much when you hear eight months. And there may be some fitness influencers on Instagram who got their pull up back way sooner postpartum. And I think it's so important to see that every lift is different for every athlete. And pull-ups happen to be a lift that is harder for me. That's for when it comes to the Iron Maiden, I have the other two lifts. My pistol and my press are here already. And this pull-up is going to take me three years. And I don't get discouraged. Week after week, I show up, I do my pull-ups. The progress is minimal, but it is progress. And I think it's really important to see that and to understand that, that no matter how hard it is and how routine it might seem to people that are used to being entertained in their fitness. If you want to actually make progress, actually build muscle, as a result, shift your body composition, you need to show up week after week. That is the absolute thing I want you to take away from this episode. You just need to keep showing up consistency and intentional intensity are the name of the game that's it there it is yep maybe maybe we just close it out with a little (laughs) we're big girls (laughs) love it we'll end with a flex we like you we love you we'll see you next week bye Thanks for listening to the GYST podcast. As always, your ratings and reviews mean the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, take a second, take a little screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, and tag us so we can thank you properly for sharing this show with other women that it might help. See you next week. We love you. Bye.